0: you're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts,
1: Cameron, Ryan, and Scott.
0: Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast on this episode. The Utes get a big victory over the USC Trojans and. We look forward as Utah takes on the Oregon Ducks one last time in the Pac-12. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. What is
1: up, Ute Nation? And we got Scott.
2: We broke USC,
1: boys. We (laughs) broke them. (laughs) Holy crap. They are officially broken.
0: Never doubted. Never doubted.
2: (laughs) Never doubted. I always knew my boy, Bryson Barnes, was going to come through. (laughs) Oh, please. You
0: guys, you guys just needed to show a little more patience. I do uh, have, to, I have to give you a shout-out, Scott. You were the only one on the show to pick the Utes over the Trojans, and you did pick a field goal win that the Becker was going to kick a field goal to win the game for him. And my wife told me, I need to listen to you more.
2: Oh my goodness. This this is a development. This, this is this is something.
0: So that's going to go <sighs> to your head.
2: I can't believe you admitted that,
1: Cam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Utah gets the win, 34-32. Scott, you said Utah broke the Trojans. It okay. First of all, love the the national media attention Utah's getting. I I do want to talk about that. But can we talk about USC and why is it, and maybe I'm just being a little, a little sensitive here, but why is it because Utah beat them, now everyone's saying, oh, it's over, blow it up, this is the worst team ever? Utah's not a crappy team, Utah's not a bad program. Why is it because Utah beats them four times in a row and three times in a row against Caleb? And, and and Riley, why is it all of a sudden now, because it's Utah, this is the worst loss in, in Trojan history?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. Because I mean, for years, people have said something to the effect that Whittingham does amazing things with less talent, you know, something to that effect. You hear people say that all for years. And I think back in the early days or when he was building the program that came across as a compliment, but now it's almost like a, it's like a shot. Like Utah consistently beats big name schools year in and year out. And they still don't get the credit for it.
2: You know, I, I guess my counter to that is, I mean, losing to like a third or fourth string pig farmer, I mean that has to be a low point for any (laughs) for (laughs) any team, really. I mean, no offense, Bryson. I mean the the way that our fan base had prior to this game and kind of viewed and talked about Bryson Barnes wasn't you know super complimentary. So to go down to USC in the Coliseum, everything's on the line for USC the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and, and Bryson Barnes, the pig farmer, comes in and beats you and outguns the, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, it's a low point for them because the expectations for USC was the playoff, right? It, it's, a, it's a national championship, and Utah, for the second year in a row, just knocked them out of the playoff. And so I view it as, yeah, they're pissed, but really USC fans are the only ones saying that all, all Saturday evening, all day Sunday, all even throughout today on Monday, the national media is in love with this Utah team. They are in love with Kyle Whittingham. They cannot heap enough praise on Kyle and this program as a whole. Because this is what Utah does. They do more with less. I mean, we, we literally just beat. We've we've had we've had no offense this year. And Bryson Barnes and a strong safety playing running back just absolutely lit them up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying, but at the same point, at or at the same time, it, at what point do you do you continue to say do more with less because they've, he's obviously recruited at a level to have significant depth that they can continue to compete and win these games. And and a lot of it has to do with his ability to coach these guys up. Sure. I'm not that that's for sure a thing, but it's, it's not always
2: more. Why is it always more with less with us? Well, I think it's just because we're Utah, right? Like, for like the ninth year in a row, everyone's like, oh, Kyle Whittingham is the most underrated coach in in college football. Well, if he's been underrated for nine consecutive years, guess what, guys? That means he's not underrated anymore. (laughs) You can't be underrated over and over and over again when you're one of the most consistent teams in college football. So I think a lot of these comments come from ignorance, is fans and, and even media members who don't pay attention. They don't know where Utah's recruiting. Utah's recruiting has improved significantly. I mean, it was a top 25 class last year. Yeah, we're probably never going to have a top 10 class or you know string top 10 classes together. But with this staff, the staff that Utah has offsets not being able to do that. Because they do get more out of out of the players that they're getting, but let's 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 be honest. We're not getting two and three and low three star recruits anymore. We're not we're not building a program off diamonds in the rough like the team down south does. No, Utah has arrived, and and most of the country is seeing that and 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 recognizing that. But you're always going to have kind of the ignorant ones out there who are going to play that game and at the end of the day i mean utah football is people that know football and are in it i mean did you did you listen to uh joel clatt today could not could not heap more praise upon this utah program and kyle whittingham and people that know what they're talking about they recognize what Utah's doing and it's it's remarkable with the it, with the amount of injuries that we have right now and we're still si- we're 6 and 1 14th in the country i mean 13. come on
0: I, I mean i definitely agree i think it's, of course it speaks to the to the depth that Utah's been able to build up over the last couple of years in being in the Pac 12 but i think it also shows and i know You know Utah has been getting a lot of credit nationally the last couple days about their their roster taking the mentality of their head coach, kind of you know taking that tough as nails. We're going to be in a dogfight. We might lose. Utah might lose, but we're going to make you earn that win against us, and it's going to be painful for you. When you look at on the flip side, USC Lincoln Riley is holding players away from media at all costs he's suspending media if they even hint of anything that's negative towards their team they lose the game and for the first time what people are saying in program history a lot of the beat writers have been covering the team for over 20 years and they've never seen this but after the game no players were made available and then Lincoln Riley comes down with a stomach bug, and can't go to his coach's show on Monday evening.
2: Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet he spent most of Sunday on the on the pot. I mean, <laughs> the dude. The dude's got to. The dude's got to be sick to his stomach because when you think about this from a USC perspective, this was the game they had circled. This was the game they wanted payback. Utah just absolutely took their hearts out twice last year. This was the game they wanted. This was the game they needed. And they let Bryson Barnes come in and take it from them once again. So from their perspective, they're devastated. And Utah and Kyle Whittingham, once again, they have literally broke the program. I mean, Caleb Williams didn't show up to the media responsibilities he had today on Monday. The coach the coach isn't showing up. I mean, they're literally they're done, guys. They're done. Well, this speaks to what you were saying,
1: Cam. This the the teams take on the mentality of their head coach. Wit holds these guys accountable. Win or lose, you you have a responsibility to the public and the media in certain situations. And that's that's being a big boy. That's how you grow up and and learn to take responsibility. It's it's not like, oh, you coddle these guys. You you lost you lost a game that you thought you should win, and well, let's not have you guys talk to the media about this because we're not going to own up to any responsibility. That that's the two completely ends of the spectrum on owning up to your responsibilities.
2: Well, and and Kyle Whittingham, I mean, what what has he always done? He always takes the blame himself. When 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 mistakes are made in games, he goes, we've got to coach better. It's up to the staff to, to, to tell these guys to coach these guys and prepare them. And if they're not doing it, it's because we're not coaching them well enough. He always takes it on the chin. He always welcomes it himself. He never th- throws players under the bus. He never comes up with excuses. And that's what a leader does. And that's why Utah has the culture that they have that's why they have the program that they have. They're one of the most respected programs in the country because of what they do year in and year out. They are so consistent. And it comes because of the program Kyle has created and his leadership. And it's just, I mean, it's night and day when you compare these two programs together. I mean, USC USC's flashy, and they brought in a million transfers that were supposed to be all world. But again, you can't build a roster from the transfer portal. Dion's figuring that out right now, and USC's figuring it out right now. It's designed to supplement your roster. It's not designed to build off of.
0: Well, and you can't build and, a you can't build a culture out of it. And I really well, think I mean, that's what it comes these, down to between these two programs right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of these transfers they're they're they're, they're at USC for a year, maybe two. Right. And they're gone. And I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, let USC do whatever they want. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm quite excited to see USC continue to fail and uh, do what they're doing, especially as they make the jump to the Big Ten. Um, but I think I didn't get getting back to what Utah did. I mean, Bryson Barnes. Hello, boy. What a performance. What a. I apologize. I I was not a fan. And he just shut me up and proved all the doubters wrong. Yes, does he still have limitations? Absolutely. But you cannot argue that dude's fight, his preparation, and just his will to freaking win. I mean, he's not afraid of taking a hit. He's not afraid of giving the hit. I mean... That was one of the most gutsiest, ballsiest performances I can ever recall.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And it, like you said, it wasn't perfect. That pick six, it hurt. But I think the thing I love about it is he he put it out of his mind immediately, right? So, it, coming in as, as a fourth string or third string quarterback, whatever you want to call him, coming in this year. Throwing an interception, a pick six against the Trojans in the Coliseum, giving them all the momentum back, and then, you know, having a drive that stalls out, the big punt return, the fact that he didn't give up and that he kept fighting, and and really, that last drive was was Barnes. Whether it was getting targeted, he was running. Uh, the ball had a, a, a nice pass over the middle. I to me, that's what shows what Barnes is all about, is that he can get knocked down, but he's going to come back up. He's not going to be the flashiest, the best quarterback out there, but he's going to lay it all out on the field. And really, Utah fans, that's all we can ask for right now.
2: Well, I mean, the first play after the pick six, he throws it for what, 40, 43 yard completion to to Vockey up the sideline on the money once again. And, I mean, he just proved that that, uh, he's grown a lot as a quarterback. Now, this is two games back-to-back that he's put together that have been impressive. Um, And, I mean, how long have we been going down to the Coliseum and haven't been able to get wins? And for him to go down and do it with all the injuries that this team has, I mean, it's absolutely remarkable. I mean, and it's just, we have an offense again. How exciting
1: is that? And, and I think and you're absolutely right. And, and a ton of credit goes to to Barnes. But I think part of it, you've got you've to gotta give some credit to Ludwig. I mean, all of us have given Ludwig crap from time to time. He gets in these funks where you're like, are you seriously? You seriously called that play? But to put Barnes in a situation where he he knows what his abilities are and finds ways to exploit those abilities. That's you got to give that. That's a ton of credit to the coaching staff right there.
0: And I don't want to overshadow a certain individual because Barnes had a heck of a game, but really can we just talk about how awesome Valky is?
1: Dude. Unreal. And why isn't he on offense full time? (laughs) Because he's too good at safety.
2: Guys, we're we're. I think we're seeing some growth from Kyle Whittingham because he today said, or well, actually said it uh, Saturday evening that uh, as well and as impactful as Vaki is on offense, they may have to start looking at lowering the amount of snaps he's playing on defense what what's happened to Kyle Whittingham?
1: (laughs) Usually it's switch and taking people off the offense to play defense.
2: (laughs) I mean, he he's willing, he's willing to maybe take Vaki off the field defensively to allow what he's doing offensively. But you know what? You really can't argue it. He's completely flipped almost single-handedly this offense around the running game is alive. It's, it's free to, JJ in the running game, and I mean he's so explosive. But it's not just the running game; the dude had over a hundred yards receiving again,
0: and two I mean, t- two touchdowns he, receiving.
2: I mean, it, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it, it it's crazy. Like during that USC game when it was a big play, I'm like, give it to Valky, You know, it's like all of a sudden in in a game and a half, we have all the confidence in the world with when the ball's in Vaki's hands. And, and and you know
1: something positive it it, it was rare that he was stopped to the line of scrimmage. It was usually a very positive gain when he had the ball in his hands.
2: Oh, I mean he's he's patient but yet he can accelerate so quickly. He's got that breakaway speed. That um, change of direction on the slant route oh, was that unreal. Was, that was Reggie Bush like in the home of Reggie Bush.
1: To stop like that, change directions, and get up to top speed to outrun six of the 11 defenders on the field to score is unbelievable.
2: No. He, uh, yeah, I mean, and then, and then I I mean, I loved, you know, the running game of having both JJ and Vocky there in Wildcat. And it was kind of like based off of the based off of how the defense was lining up they were deciding amongst themselves who's taking the snap and um you know obviously we know with jj he's a former quarterback the duke can throw the ball we've heard the valky and and obviously you can't doubt it the duke can do everything right now so you know the, in some of these wildcat formations, we're going to see, and I—I I bet we see it this week against Oregon. One or, if not both, of those guys are going to end up throwing the ball. Um, they're going to Ludwig's going to continue to set up these runs, get the defense to bite, and there's going to be a play over the top. And but I just love it. It's like the creativity that Ludwig has come out with. You know, and, and there's some, there's some fans up in the, in the, uh, the Northwest who aren't, you know, big fans of Ludwig, but I'll tell you what, how do you argue with what the dude is doing? How do you argue with what he's done since he returned back to Utah? Um, I just, I I think those arguments are quite silly, uh, myself, but kudos to Ludwig, kudos to this staff and, uh, hard to believe, but guys, the 3 P is alive. It is
0: crazy. It's alive. I mean, it's still a lot of games left, but it's still like you said, a lot that, of it, tough games. A lot of tough games.
2: Right, and it, if if Utah can get this game Saturday against Oregon, then it 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 becomes a real possibility. Yes, there are. I mean, you've got Arizona. You've got. I mean, you saw what Arizona State just did to uh, Washington at Washington.
0: And if it wasn't for Pac twelve, um, if it wasn't for Pac 12 refs, Arizona State yeah. has that game. Not to go off on a tangent. It, but if they call that PI And they totally should've. It's a completely different game. Not to go off on a tangent. Sorry, Scott.
2: No, no, no. I mean it's 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 completely true. But yeah, there there's there's definitely some tough games left. But if you can get this one on Saturday, it becomes real when realistically we all had kind of given up hope weeks ago that it was going to be a possibility. So that's that is what has transpired in these last two weeks. The changes with Barnes, the change with Bockey, it has sparked the offense. It has sparked the team as a whole. And I mean, there's belief that they could do this again.
0: Well, and I think if you go back, you know, a couple of weeks ago against Oregon State a terrible offensive output by Utah in that game. And remember we talked about that, how Utah's either got to get rising in or just sit him out the rest of the year. And and it kind of seems that's making that decision. And we know now it's official rising. Keithy are not going to play this year, but I think ever since that decision, giving all first team reps to Barnes, stopping with this Mickey Mouse, You play one snap, let's bring in Johnson for another snap. Now, don't get me wrong, Johnson's my boy. But having Barnes set as your guy, I think has instilled more confidence in him and the rest of this offense. And then inserting Vocky, it's it's getting contagious because we're seeing guys now that have not been very productive all season long now are starting to to, to get the ball, trying to start to find their groove. Landon King gets a big touchdown against USC, and, and that's a guy you know that we have been, in my breakout player of the year, someone we've been wanting to see um, all, all season long kind of starting to get into the offense, and, and to see him kind of get that touchdown in USC was big. Money parks. Consecutive catches. What is he up, to? 18 games now? Uh, with a catch, uh, Vele. you know, all these guys now are starting to kind of get into a groove in this offense. And really, I think it goes back to making that decision of Barnes is our guy. We're going to ride with him and let's just see how the season goes. And I mean, this is a, such a different feel around the fan base, around the program than after that Oregon state loss winning cures a lot. you got to give credit to Utah because they have come out and have won.
2: Well, and, and they've got momentum on their side now, right? Whereas um, between everything that was going on with rising uh, is rising, coming back. When is he coming back? You know, from a fan base, it was frustrating, but Whittingham alluded to it, that it was, it was a frustration within the team. And I think you saw that on the field. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I think the team, they wanted rising back because they were not getting the results that they wanted or needed. And it was, I think it was frustration for the defense. And now all of a sudden you've got production on the, uh, the offense without rising. And it, it's just, it's, yeah, to your, to your point, Cam, it's, it's brought everything to life again, that they've got momentum, they've got confidence, and and now they're home at Rice Eccles against a, a big time opponent um but Utah's a different beast at home and Oregon Oregon's found that out they've not had a lot of success at, at Rice Eccles and and um so man it's it, this is a big game but it's just it's fun from a fan base perspective to just see what what's transpiring with these guys and just kind of like the growth overnight because, I mean, we've talked about we, we've been averaging 19 points a game under 200 yards of total offense. Well, in the last two games, when Bryson Barnes is back in as the starter and kind of things are more solidified and you've got Vaki now, they're averaging over 400 yards a game in the last two. So all of a sudden, now you've got an offense that can can get first downs, that can run clock. They can move the ball, they can score points to now match this elite defense. And Utah's 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 a threat. I think a lot of people counted us out, but they're back, baby.
0: Yeah, no, they're definitely back. They're playing much better. Uh if there's one glaring kind of stat on the offense that I, I think needs to kind of get cleaned up, get a little bit better, uh turnovers, you can't have the pick six, uh third down efficiency. Three of 13. Uh, You got to do better than that. But, you know, baby steps with with this offense, right? Completely different than they were. We can't, you know, not talk about the defense for Utah because, honestly, the defense has been able to keep Utah in the game even when their offense has struggled maybe on a series here or there. A big blow to this defense with Lander Barton out for the year. That one sucks. And I don't know what is going on, but Utah is just cursed with injuries this year.
2: So it's, it's those Under Armour shoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's next man up mentality, and there's there's some guys. There's, I mean, Lander Barton, he's a stud, and it will be and will be missed. But you've got Fotu, you've got Davuni, the uh, medlock yeah. medlock yeah. yeah you have hayden fury I mean, that's at, been in at the program this point
2: it wouldn't surprise me if some walk-on be, you know comes in in lander's spot and like ends up being like all pac 12 by the end of the year <laughs> i mean and you know obviously we kind of say that jokingly but it's like that's what just keeps happening you know we keep losing guys and dudes just keep stepping up and that is, I mean, you can crap on Utah's recruiting all you want, but guess what? That doesn't happen if they're not recruiting well. Utah's got depth. They've got stars. They've got a ton of talent. Yes, well, you,
1: you play without Bishop in the first half, and it's 14-14.
2: Yeah, you know it's no. I mean, it's it's definitely a blow losing Lander because the dude was coming into his own. He was he was dominant. I mean, he just he he breaks dudes. And that's so unfortunate for him um, to lose him. Witt says he may he may be uh, ready for a bowl game. So we'll see if we'll see if that happens. But you know, I've got I've got no doubt in my mind that the guys that are gonna fill in are, are gonna be capable and, and 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 same thing even with Vaki defensively. If if he has less snaps defensively, um, because let's be honest, it's going to start to wear the guy out. You do it one week, you do it two weeks, okay. If you start doing this week after week after week, his production, I think defensively and probably offensively, is going to start to dwindle a little bit just because the dude's going to get worn out.
0: And we see that with Travis Hunter with Colorado. Granted, he's playing every snap where, you know, as Valky, they can... You know, they have other guys to rotate at running back. But to your point, and I think Winningham even talked about it, not only is it physically uh, demanding on your body, but there's also the mental side of it and how much mentally can you do this and for how long, um, I think is really going to be the question moving forward.
1: And, you know, as we're talking about the defense, though, you know, I think early in the year we talked about. You know, maybe one of the weaknesses on the defense was the secondary. And it's it's showed up from time to time. And we've gotten bailed out a couple of times by quarterbacks not uh, hitting wide open receivers. But after the first quarter this last Saturday, the secondary was was really, really good. And we didn't have to—the front four provided enough pressure— And there were no, I mean, there were no very few windows for Caleb to find open guys. So the secondary played really well.
0: Yeah, I mean, and Wick called those guys out, right? Vaughn, Battle, they got recognition from Winningham. I think Broughton had a nice game. And I think that's one thing, you know, we have been kind of critical, um, not only here, but as a fan base on the secondary, but all around. I mean, they, a, a great, great performance. Uh, limiting uh, Caleb Williams, 24 of 34, and, and he didn't have a touchdown. Caleb Williams did not throw for a touchdown.
1: He had the one rushing touchdown that we pretty much gifted him so we could get the ball back.
2: Yeah, well, and I mean, if you look at the last three wins against USC, they've all kind of been the same way. Really pretty ugly first quarters, right? And, uh, but I think that also is somewhat of a credit to Morgan is he's able to see what USC's doing in each of these games. Yep. They're able to get, you know, the upper hand early that they have some success early and then Morgan, he sees what they're doing and he adjusts and he gets the guys in the right position and they, they, they're able to play just a much tighter game, you know, moving forward that first quarter, no exception, right? Kind of ugly, not so great. We're wondering, oh my gosh, how many points, uh, we're not gonna be able to keep up with them. And all of a sudden they just stopped scoring. They stopped moving the ball. We're getting off the field. And I mean, it's just a credit to Morgan. It's a credit to this defensive staff. It's a, it's a credit to these players. Who are coachable and just continue to go out and make plays and do and and are put in position to go out and make plays and and I mean it's it's just impressive overall. I mean three three straight well three, four straight really against USC now. Uh, it's pretty sweet that uh, Caleb Williams will have never beaten Utah, um, Lincoln Riley will have never beaten Utah, and our good buddy Kyle McDonald is over against Utah since he left.
1: <laughs> How awesome was it with Lincoln Riley losing his mind and the substitutions? <laughs> I, I it's love like it. he didn't know
0: the rule. Well, and Winningham, Skelly, they've done that for years.
1: You know, this yeah, is, I mean, this it's nothing the first new. Time but to watch him curse out the officials, for it, it was amazing.
2: It was like he didn't understand what was going on. Now you you could see the desperation in in Lincoln's eyes. He was losing it. He knew he could not lose this game. He did not want to lose this game. And as it, you know, Utahs up 14 points in the fourth quarter, they're doing this and he was lo- he was losing it. Like he, he was I mean, blaming everything on the referees and everything he was complaining about. And it's just, oh, I tell you, I mean, I, I I can't figure out a coach of his capacity has not figured out, okay, if I don't want you to Utah to do that, I either have to substitute early in the clock or I've got to stop substituting. I mean, it's not rocket science, guys <laughs> you, you you don't have you don't have to, you know be. The editor in chief of a website and reviewing uh, reviewing game film to be able to figure out how how to combat what Utah's doing on on those substitutions.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's just on top of the physicality and the and the out coaching. It's just it's like the mind games that Whittingham played with them.
0: Wow. It it still just blows my mind that USC, with the money they have, with the market they have, with the talent they're able to bring in, just how dysfunctional they can be.
1: It's just well, flat out. It's flat out arrogance. They don't is. think they don't think they have. They just feel like they can show up and beat anybody.
2: Guys, I mean, let's think about this. They rode. Uh, Clay Helton out of town, right? The dude won a conference championship. The dude played in a Rose bowl, won a Rose bowl, and they thought that he was garbage, right? So he leaves USC. The best job he can get is Georgia Southern. I'm telling you a monkey could win games at USC. USC recruits itself. If you have a competent coach who can create a culture, recruit to that culture, and then most importantly, be disciplined and discipline his team to maintain that culture, USC could be unstoppable, but they just can't figure that out. They're too soft. They're too LA. They're too Hollywood. And I'm telling you what, you know, I mean, there were rumors years ago that, that, you know, they were trying to get Kyle, and, and Kyle was going to go there. Could you imagine what Kyle could do at USC with the resources that they have there and his ability to get the best out of people? But no, it'd they, be, but, they be, but they want the flash. They they want the fancy, fun offense and a guy who literally has never proven anything other than scoring points. He are going to wish thing. they had...
1: Kyle Whittingham when they're in the Big Ten i I mean
2: Oklahoma, kinda... Oklahoma's in a better position than USC right now. If that's not an indictment on who Lincoln Riley is, I don't know what is. But you know, I, I I'm sick. I'm sick of talking about USC.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just one last thing of USC piggyback off you Scott. I saw this on Twitter. Through twenty two games at USC, Clay Hilton seventeen and five, Lincoln Riley seventeen and five.
2: Yeah. He's now special. You you figure out his offense and the and he's done. And Whittingham figured it out really quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for our thoughts on this USC Utah game. I'd love to know what you have to say about it. You can always hit us up on Twitter, at Utah Man Podcast. Uh, we got to take a quick break, and when we come back, let's dive into some Utes and Ducks. All right, Utah welcomes in Oregon for a one thirty kickoff this Saturday. Big game, fellas! Big game, game day will be there. That's always huge. A big recruiting weekend for Utah with a couple of recruits coming in for their official visits. I don't know, guys. I gotta admit, I'm as much as fun and great Utah looked over USC. Oregon's a different animal.
2: They are. They're, they're, they're a better team. They're a better program than USC. And it's definitely going to be a, 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 a different and a tougher challenge than what Utah just faced. But college football, home and away, are, are different beasts, man. And I know Oregon, they're led by Bo Nix, who's experienced. He's started the most games, I think, in college football history. Um, and, uh, but playing at Rice Eccles is, it's what kind of evens things out. Right. But I mean, just going across the board here, I mean, Oregon, they've got the, they're scoring the most points per game in the PAC 12. Well, Utah's giving up the second least. I mean, if you go through the stats, Oregon's offense versus Utah's defense, they're right there. And so it's. I think. I think those are going to kind of offset. I think it's going to come down to what can Utah do versus Oregon's defense, and vice versa, is where I think this game is ultimately going to get is going to be won by, by either of these teams.
0: Oregon bringing in Bo Nix, uh, leading the Pac-12 in QBR, has only been sacked four times all year, and I think that's going to be a big key. Is can this Utah defense? Put pressure on a really great, on a really great Oregon offensive line. Can Utah get that pressure and and kind of rough Bo Nix up a little bit? Maybe try to get him uncomfortable. Which is going to be hard to do. Uh, they had some success uh, doing it against a Heisman winner. Can they replicate that against Nix? To me, that's really going to be a key, a key indicator for this Utah team.
1: I think. Um... We talked a in the last segment about how Utah was able to kind of get home without bringing extra guys. That may be a different story this week. I think you're going to have to see some disguised blitzes um, to to get that pressure against this offensive line.
2: No, I, I, I do agree. But what I will say is this Utah front four – has come alive where I mean, granted, USC, their offensive line is they're not a juggernaut by any means. But when I think we only blitz like literally three times in that game against USC and did not need to because the front four was consistently putting pressure. They were staying in their lanes. They they limited what he was able to do. Caleb in the run game. Right. And Utah's going to have that same approach. Van Fillinger has come alive. He's finally getting healthy, and he's now um, – he's, he's actually taken over O'Toole's spot at the top of the depth chart. And so between what, what you're seeing with, with Jonah Ellis and now Van kind of coming back to his to self – we're getting pressure from both sides of the defensive line and the, and the tackles are doing a great job. So I think it's Oregon's very good at running the ball. They're very good at it. So Utah's going to have to, they've been all year, but they're going to have to continue to minimize anything in the run game. And that includes Bo Nix. Now they're not running a whole lot right now. Nix, he's really staying in the pocket and throwing the ball. He's not running. But he does have that ability, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what the game plan is. Um, does Utah stay more man, or do they go zone kind of like they did last week against USC? But, uh, and this is this is going to be a battle because I know, I know, uh, um, Oregon, what I think they're a seven point favorite right now, mm-hmm. um. I think it's I. I'm quite surprised by that. I think this is going to be a much closer game than uh, than that spread.
1: Well, this will be Bo Nix's first time in Rice Eccles too. That the crowd crowd noise is a little bit different here than some other places. I'm sure he's played.
0: All right, guys. I'm super stoked to have game day coming in. You know, my nine year old. He's been ever since it got announced. Every day. It seems like every hour of every day he's bugging me. Are we going? Are we going? Are we going? It's a big deal, but it's typically, you know, reserved for those Blue Bud, blood, Blue Bloods. And the fact that Utah's getting it um again, it's it's a big deal. Big recruiting weekend. I'm stoked. I think I'm going to go. How about you guys?
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to go. My son wants to go as well and heck why not? Why not enjoy it? While it's here,
2: no, it's it's such a fun environment. The fifth time it's coming, and uh, um, it's just it it just brings an extra energy to game day. And I mean, Rice cycles doesn't really need that boost, but getting getting that, getting more people on cam- campus earlier, it's just an overall win. And then you know, every time they've come, Utah's shown out really well, right? From the amount of people that are there, the energy in the crowd. Um, it's, it's going to be an awesome environment, especially coming off of just what happened last week at USC. So it's going to be a positive. I got to try and figure some things out with some soccer youth soccer games, but, uh, trying, trying to make it there myself. So, um, but it, it should be an awesome environment. And you know what? one thirty start rice cycles will be packed before, before game, you know, before kickoff and that place is going to be electric. So, I'm I'm excited. I I think uh, um, I think it's going to be quite an environment on Saturday.
0: No, if you're on the fence about whether or not to go, just do it. I know, the three of us, we've gone to them. Um, we've always had a blast. Even even the infamous TCU game when but when game day came for that, we pulled an all nighter. We pulled an all nighter. Hung out on campus all night.
1: Even set up a tent that we didn't
0: use. <laughs> <laughs> I I still remember we were we didn't have the tickets to get into like the pit area for game day, so we were on the side, but we were like lining up at the ropes at like two or three in the morning, and all of a sudden they just let it go, and we just booked it down the parking lot in Rice Eccles. Uh, so, so definitely a, a lot of great memories. So if you're on the fence, if you haven't done it, go. I, I promise it will be worth it. Yes, it sucks getting up in the morning that early. Yes, it's probably going to be a little chilly. Maybe some rain, looking at the forecast. It's definitely worth it. It it's honestly it's it's been a highlight of of a college football fan experience. Who
2: who who do you guys think's going to be the celebrity guest picker?
1: I hope that it's Steve Smith. It'd be sweet. It'd be
2: sweet to get Steve.
0: Yeah, Steve Smith would be cool. Uh, Alex Smith would also be another great one. I I have seen one that I don't like. I'm probably in the minority here. Post Malone. I'm not a fan, guys. I am not a fan.
2: (laughs) Well, he's already done it one of the previous stops, so I don't think they'll use him again. But, um, you know, Weddle's a a potential. Um,
1: That could be a good one. Kincaid plays on Thursday this week, but I don't know that he's a big enough name to come back and do it yet.
2: Yeah, he may not be, but, but one way or another, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it and it's, uh, it's going to be a good game. I'm, I'm excited. See if Utah can get it done one more time, baby.
0: All right. Before we wrap this show up, let's go ahead and give our outlook and pick for the game. Scott, we'll start with you. Who do you got? And what's your score?
2: Well, this would be an interesting one. I mean, Oregon, they're averaging 47 points per game. Utah's averaging only giving up 15. So something's got to something's gotta break here. Either Utah's going to give up well over their average or we're going to hold Oregon well under their average, which is probably where I see this. It's probably going to be a little bit in the middle. It's going to be hard to completely stop them because they're – you know, Bo Nix is playing at a high level. Troy Franklin is averaging over 100 yards, receiving a game. So pretty dynamic. But I... Utah at home, game day, Rice-Eccles. I just think it's going to be too much for Oregon, and I think the Utes get this done. I'm going Utah, final score, 31, Oregon, 27.
0: Ryan, what do you got?
2: You know...
1: I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. But as we talked about earlier, I think the offense has finally started to find a rhythm. They've found some confidence. Um, obviously, the home crowd is a huge plus on both the offensive side and the defensive side. Um, but it's going to be a, a close game. Um I'm gonna but I am gonna go with Utah squeaking it out thirty four to thirty-one.
0: Utah gets this win. It's gonna be rainy, it's gonna be cold, and you say, Hey, Oregon's used to the rain. No. I lived in Oregon. They don't get rain like we get here. They get mist. They don't get rain. <laughs> so with that, they're not gonna be able to throw the ball. They're gonna have to ride in the run game and Utah's Defense is going to shut that down. Utah gets this win, 31-24. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter?
1: People can find me at Drum and Feather. That's drum, the letter N,
2: feather. And Scott? Yeah, you can find me. And remember, um, follow the advice of Cam's wife. Listen to Scott more. You can listen to me at Ukeman underscore forever. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. You can listen to us at our home, UtahManPodcast.com. And anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. And hopefully Utah gets a big conference win over the Ducks. And go Utes.
2: Go Utes. Go Utes. will be till I die. See you in the must, baby. We're good. Let's cut it.
1: The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.